Gaming Compute, what is up? Today's Saturday. President's Day weekend. Saturday, February 17, 2024. Hope everybody's doing well. I want to talk. I want to talk kind of for fun about coping, coping with this digital world. Um, I was watching, you know, Rich and Nisha's, uh, Rich UX, his latest uh, long form video. I missed the live because I kind of just lost track of time and I missed the live. It was that Friday at 11 a.m. I missed it and then I was like, oh, like I remembered I wanted to watch that. So I watched it. He made this comment kind of about digital everything and I kind of got to thinking I was like all right that's an interesting that's an interesting take because we're kind of going in that direction we are um we hear things about singularity and cyborgs and the matrix and glitches and all this kind of stuff and it's like you know I mean I first maybe started hearing about uh, kind of like comparing humans and the human brain to like computers with like talking about memory and processing and things like that like you know because I studied psychology my major was psychology and I worked in psychology for like nine-ish years if you count the practicums where I wasn't really paid and it was just like a small like one or two hundred dollar a month stipend or so um so i'm familiar with the brain i'm familiar with human behavioral patterns i'm familiar with trauma i'm familiar with mental health conditions and kind of like where they can come from as far as like you know the biopsychosocial model and all these types of things and i'm also you know, into the techie stuff. That's kind of more, that's always been kind of more on the hobby end. It was like, okay, like I'll blog over here for fun when I'm not working. A lot of times it was, you know, maybe psychological based topics or topics about, you know, somewhere between like spirituality and psychology and social, uh, just social interaction, social life type of conversations. Uh, that kind of stuff has always fascinated me. And then other stuff that has fascinated me has been usually more in the tech world. Um, the learning aspect of things, the practice aspect of things, the um, just kind of how everything changes and you're always able to learn something new. I don't really like how fast things become obsolete. But, you know, this week I was kind of checking in with someone and it was like, you know, we kind of started talking about technology and, you know, what it's like being online and stuff. And, you know, a lot of the work I do is online these days. You know, I'm not 
like even when I was working in psychology, you know, we spent a lot of time with the software and it was online and we'd be typing and stuff in the system, just these excessively long reports for the insurance and stuff. Um, like excessively long, like it was so, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Like it got in the way it interfered with actually being able to provide treatment and like, like the reports for everything you did were so long that it was like, okay, it's really getting in the way of being able to like serve the community at a certain point because you're like, well, I got to write everything I do. I got to write it down. But with this template that you'd have to follow that was so just like excessive, like even a simple phone call could be like a one full page report, you know, just because they called and you have to like list all the history of like, well, last time, you know, they weren't at risk and this person's this age and this gender and this sexuality and just this ethnicity and this, you know, gender identity and this, you know, kind of like historical diagnostic background and kind of like what their presenting problem is and why was the reason for the call it's like dude they just wanted to schedule with the doctor and now i gotta write this whole thing you know no pull down menus nothing like you'd have to almost write every note as if somebody was never going to read anything else in the chart so you would have to kind of write a lot of background about like risk factors with substances and trauma history and like excessive excessive because all the information was always in there like yes there were changes but all the information was already in there but you know it was more of a like let's cover ourselves kind of thing so that people can't look at a note and be like oh well if you didn't mention it and somebody was in some kind of urgent situation and they only read that last note which that's on them but it's like if they only read that last note they would at least have more details but it's like well that's why we do assessments and make client plans and they see the doctor and they see the nurse and they go to groups and they go to all these other programs at other places and we have documentation about that too it's like why do we have to put it all in every single note but it was literally like to that point of excessiveness <laughs> it was like you know are we really even helping people at a certain point like, okay, gotta cancel this appointment or cancel this group because I got all these notes I need to go back and write because I got an extra six phone calls today or something and now I have to have time to write those so I'll finish them today. And then it was just a mess. So that kind of stuff I don't miss. But, you know, otherwise that job was mostly face-to-face. -face and, you know... Now, most of my work is not face-to-face. -face. You know, there is consulting online and kind of, like, meetings and things like that, but it's not really face-to-face, -face, you know, too much. And I see it as... I mean, part of me likes it more. I mean, I do miss the days of being in the office in person and, like, joking around with people, but just that inconvenience of the drive to and from. Like... Like, I'm, I'm a penny pincher. I'm a penny pincher type of person. And, you know, when I realized it was like, okay, 20 miles round trip, say gas is $4 or $5 a gallon, say, say my car gets 
or maybe it's 40 miles, about 40 miles round trip. And when I when I realized I was spending like eight to ten dollars a day just on gas, you know, that's like eighty to a hundred dollars a week just on gas. That's almost four hundred dollars. Three hundred twenty to four hundred dollars a month on gas just to get to and from work. You know, it's like working at home you don't have to pay for that. Working from a coffee shop or library right near you you don't have to pay for that like is there any experience that i'm getting at work that's worth that money to me because usually when i have friends at work i can hang out with them outside of work too and usually when you're hanging out at work you're not really hanging out because you're working so it's one of those things um i mean i have friends outside of work in person who are human beings so it's kind of one of those things that I, I think, depending on the person, you know, if you're working in a remote setting where everyone's in different states, I think the Zoom meetings really aren't going to cut it, or just phone calls, and like maybe once or twice a year, you'll meet up in some city and have some team building things. Like, most people socially need more than that. Um... I don't know. What do you guys think about it? You know, are we becoming cyborgs? You know, I looked it up. I looked up singularity and cyborg. Um, according to Wikipedia, technological singularity is, um, or just called the singularity, a hypothetical future point in time at which technological growth becomes uncontrollable and irreversible resulting in unforeseeable consequences for human civilization. I'm not going to read that whole entire thing. Let's just keep that in mind. And then a cyborg. Um, we see that a lot with, like, superheroes on, on, uh, on, uh, like, I don't know. superheroes um marvel no there's a lot of them i'm I'm not gonna name them all but you see that more in like the sci-fi world but cyborg term blending the words cybernetic and organism originally proposed in 1960 to describe a human being whose physiological functions are aided or enhanced by artificial means such as biochemical or electronic modifications to the body. Now I've been watching I've been watching Halo. I'm on episode seven of season I'm starting episode seven of today of season one. Um me and my mom are watching it and um you know You've seen other things like, uh, uh, what was it, Iron Man? How they have like suits and things. Like, maybe you could even say, like, in certain shows, cer- certain movies or shows like Star Trek, Star Wars movies, maybe, uh, people have some kind of like enhanced device or something, something that enhances them. 
And now we've got AI, right? And we have it from angles just as simple as, you know, what's built into your phone, you know? Um, you know, you have Siri, you have uh, Google. I don't know what the Google one is called where you say, hey, Google. I mean, th these are like older. These are older. That's not even like the newer stuff that's coming out through OpenAI. Um, the Replica app that I've talked about. Um, all sorts of things. Like, it's like, it's so already ingrained in society. But I guess, you know, let's, let's look at this uh, maybe question of could we go back? Could we go backward? And is it irreversible? Um, it would take a lot um, of challenging lifestyle changes to go back. For example, if you've ever been at work at a job where you need your computer, like I mentioned, you know, when I was working in mental health, we needed a computer to document in the system. But if the internet went down, for example, just for like, I think the most it ever went down was like maybe four or five hours on one day or something. We lost the electricity too. I think it was like the lights went out for maybe like 30 minutes and then we didn't have Wi-Fi for like four hours or five hours. It was like half of a day, pretty much one day. And then almost every day on Fridays for like a this was like maybe a six month period or something. The internet used to be like hit or miss for about an hour and a half at the end of almost every day. Um, like you would write in all your notes, like I said, all that excessive information and you go to try to save it and it wouldn't save. And then you'd be like, great, now I got to rewrite like five pages worth of information <laughs> that I just wrote. You know, it would set people back. They'd have to do overtime and take work home just to finish what didn't save and it became an even bigger mess and a problem because it was already a problem, but now it was like a bigger problem. And it was, it was temporary. It didn't last like years. But take something like that where just the internet goes down, not even for one whole day, not even like don't come into work tomorrow because we don't have internet and you can't do your job. Simple things. You couldn't look up people in the system so people would walk through the door if admin didn't notice who they were. You couldn't look them up and see you even qualify to like get services here we can't look you up we don't have a, an ability to like look you up in the system because you have to be online to look anybody up are you eligible can we run your insurance we can't even do that without the internet um we couldn't technically see people or actively call them like unless they walked in to be seen and we knew them and everything already and they were already enrolled and we already had scheduled appointments then we kind of get to see them that way but if it wasn't like that it's like well I couldn't like actively go out of my way to like call someone if somebody no-showed call a new client or a different client and fill in that hour with like maybe two phone calls and check in on people who maybe missed appointments last week and get them rescheduled and make sure they're doing all right because now it's like, how do I get the number? The number's in the system. We didn't save numbers. These were like landlines. We didn't like save them 
the calendars were connected to the computer. All the contact information was in the computer. It's all online. So we couldn't call anybody. We didn't have access to their information. Say if I had had it written down on some page somewhere, I wasn't supposed to call them because it's like, well, I can't pull you up to the system and concurrently write the note. Like, simple, you know, simple. And we weren't set up to be like, oh, let's all do paper. Like, we could do paper notes for maybe, like, those half days or whatever. Just so that we have, like, some kind of record. So it's like if somebody goes missing, not goes missing, but if somebody is, like, a staff is sick the next day and they couldn't write it in the, write their details in the system for the client they had just seen and they were out ill, at least there was something written somewhere in the building, <laughs> you know, it's like, was it in their desk? Was it in their mailbox? Was it, you know, put into the paper chart? Because we did have paper charts. Uh, I forgot about that. We did have paper charts. So we could have looked it up. But it would be like extra work to have to write it down on a form and then have to put it into the system. It's just, I forgot about the paper chart. Sorry about that. So we could have technically done work. We just would have had to write everything in paper charts and have some kind of paper system where everybody had access to look up who talked to who um, and when and how and how long. And I don't know how we wouldn't have gotten this information over to the insurance. Like we couldn't have lasted long like that with the amount of work we needed to do and the speed at which we needed to do it and all the non-scheduled things that happened, which made it a bigger issue because we'd always have people coming in um unscheduled or people who wanted to get into the programs who weren't on file or we didn't know who they were um or people calling in needing something they weren't scheduled calls some of the calls were scheduled some of them most of them probably weren't and then other people we'd have to check on if they missed their doctor's appointment somebody would have to call the person and check in and make sure that they're okay because it's a risk if we know that they don't have you know access to the medication refills it was you know so thinking about that job situation i don't think unless somebody like somebody would have had to go deeply out of their way to like set up a paper-based system uh that would work longer term would it be possible to to reverse yes would it be comfortable or efficient no it would probably change the amount of people we could even see because now we're writing everything by hand and having to hand file things and like it would have slowed down work a lot now think about it on a bigger level expand outside of this job you're driving through the city in san diego <laughs> You know, the stoplights are, are attached to, you know, some automated system, you know, just traffic lights. So now you have these human beings directing traffic. Say you want to go to the store. Not everybody pays cash. A lot of the registers, let's say we still have electricity, but just no internet. Um, Even if it went down for like a day. I mean, that would just be a mess. Like, you know, you can't use your card. You can't you can't get money out of your ATM. You could go physically into the bank if it's open, I think. I think you should be able to withdraw cash. I don't know if they have... I don't think they have ledgers like that. Like, I think you'd... I don't know if you'd be able to get cash out. I don't know. 
what kind of system the bank uses. Um, if you happen to have, I don't know how you would get money. You'd have to have cash on you. And the stores would have to be able to take cash. Like they'd be able, they need to be able to use the registers and you'd be able to pay for stuff and maybe get like a paper receipt where they would write it out. I don't really know. But even for a day, it's like businesses would have trouble even opening their doors, staying open. A lot of places probably wouldn't stay open. They'd be like, sorry, we can't, we can't do this. We can't. Like, I went in the Target once or twice. I used to use a specific ATM for a certain debit card that that ATM wouldn't charge me some, like, $3 fee or something. And I go in the Target, and twice, once that machine was completely out of order, this, and during that day, Target didn't have lights. For some reason, the lights had gone out in the Target. I don't understand why. Um, I can't remember if... The registers weren't working. I think they were. I don't think, I don't know. There were some things you couldn't use. I can't remember exactly what it was. Like, I don't think they had no power. I just think there was something limited with the power, with the with the electricity. Because I think people were still buying stuff. Um, But some things weren't working. I don't know if it affected the freezers, the food. I think, I, I don't remember. I just went there to use the ATM. And I remember going there another day because I was like, okay, this that, that was the closest ATM like that to me that wouldn't charge me. And I would drive by that Target all the time. So I was like, well, why not just you know, save a couple bucks, like go to the Target. like. But I never went there after this because it was like the second time I went, probably the next week or let's call it like four or five days later. And I just didn't want to lose money trying to withdraw cash. And I was like okay like go to withdraw and like the atm was down again for some other reason it was i was just like what the heck and that's just one i mean i could have gone to any other atm got the fee you know but say if you're trying to do something specific like that and it's just like it's not working there's a gas there's a couple gas stations in my neighborhood that i've gone they're the cheaper gas stations like Arco and this other one. I don't even know what the name of it is, but they're like the cheapest ones compared to all the other gas stations. There's like three, uh, two Arcos and one this other name. I don't know any other gas stations with that name. I don't know what it what it is, but it's cheap. And of these three gas stations, multiple times the cheap one with the name that i don't know multiple times it's been closed like you couldn't go inside and pay i don't know if you could pay outside but you couldn't go inside and pay and multiple times probably like at least four or five times now that other arco that's like a distance away from me um kind of near the city of lomita it's like near there um it basically um like you couldn't go in like they like you could buy stuff you could buy candy bars or whatever but the gas just something was wrong people were paying for their gas with their cards and saying that the gas wasn't coming out and then they weren't running cards or taking cash inside 
Uh, but you could buy other stuff. You could buy, like, candy bars, sodas, whatever. Like, the little shop inside was open. Things like that. I mean, you think about it, and you're like, okay, there's a gas station. Like, most, in LA, a lot of times, a lot of places are like this. It's not just one gas station. There's always one, like, a block away or right across the street. So, almost all these gas stations that were cheaper had, like, a mobile station or, like, a chevron or like something like that it's like an extra dollar a gallon more than what i'm trying to pay or like an extra like 80 cents or 75 cents more in cost per gallon um but it's right across the street so it's like if it's not a if you're not trying to save some dollars save some money you could technically just go and get it get gas still like the other ones were working but for some reason these cheaper ones weren't and i don't know if that was a temporary thing, uh, it was happening a lot during January. I remember that January, December. Well, January I noticed it more. Um, I don't remember February at all. Maybe, maybe February, the beginning of February. I can't. I think yeah. I think the beginning of February too. I don't know how it is now. Uh, cause I just kind of stopped going to them because I'm like every time I go they're they're out of order or something's weird. Um. But there is the option to get gas, like, across from there. So, I just noticed, I'm like, okay, these are simple examples of when when technology isn't working. When there's still another option, right? If an ATM somewhere isn't working, I can go somewhere else. If a gas station isn't working, I can go somewhere else. You know, those were, like, minor. Because it's like, I did have other options. It's just a money-saving thing. It's like, well, I don't want to spend... An extra three dollars here, an extra fifteen dollars there, you know, when I can save it and spend less for the same, technically almost the same thing. Um, like, but you know, if we take that example of like, what if the internet was down for like a day? Could you get cash? Because that's the only way you could probably buy something. You know, you're, you know. Could you use money from your Apple Pay, from your phone? Could you use your phone? How would it even work? Like, I feel like all this is, like, Wi-Fi, internet-based. Like, you can't scan. Like, could you use Bitcoin? Could you use crypto? I mean, it's digital. You kind of have to have internet to, like, log in. Uh, even if it is in a different bank account, like I have this other bank account called Juno, uh, it was called on Juno and now it's Juno and you can basically convert your crypto directly into that account without like all those fees. Like you can basically store crypto in there and just convert it right away, but you have to have internet to do that. You can't just do it with no internet. So it's like, I do have a technically a bank where I could store it but it's not a physical bank I can't go to the bank in person you know and take out cash using like a bank card and my ID or something it would be a mess it would be a mess like people wouldn't have what they needed just cash wise could we even go to like a cash society just automatically without um without warning you know it wasn't that long ago when, you know, 
fast food joints, restaurants, stores didn't have paper money and coins. They couldn't give you exact change, you know, because they didn't have the actual physical money to do it. They didn't have enough to go around. And they were requesting of people, hey, give us, if you have extra dollars and coins, can you donate them or whatever? Like, I don't even know if that still happens, but I think it does. And it's like, how weird is that? Like, when did this become a thing? And I don't even know any of the politics involved. I'm just thinking, I'm just like, what in the heck is going on? Um... But we're very reliant on, you know, like I've, you know, I'm, you know, I work from home a lot. And so I am affected on days when it's like, oh, the power is going to shut off from like whatever, like they'll give you warning and the city's like, oh, we're going to be working, doing some kind of like construction or updates. And it's quite a few times a year, let's call it like four or five times a year they do this where they shut down the power and that means we don't have internet and that means I gotta pack up and go to a coffee shop or whatever but that's not my whole city it's like my whole little area it'll just like they'll tell us next Wednesday or like in three weeks or so we're gonna be working from like 3 p.m. to like 7 p.m. so you know on the electric so prepare and the things that you don't even think about that you're gonna need you know, just because you you don't have electricity for a few hours. It's like, okay, I can't charge my phone. Okay, I, like, literally, I just have to leave the house. Like, that's the easiest option. It's just go down the street to a coffee shop, down the street by the beach or whatever. Chill there for a while until it comes back. Um, But yeah, those are just, I guess, examples of immediate things. Where I'm like, it's not, it's never been a big deal. Because usually I either have notice or it's been temporary. I don't think I've had a whole day. Like maybe. Like maybe I've been in places. Like I think I remember going to like a pride event. And my phone didn't work in the actual event. And I kept trying to like renew my parking by phone. And there was no re-entry. So if I left I couldn't come back in. So I remember me and my friend had to leave early. Because I was like, well, I don't want to get a ticket or get my car towed because I'm parked, like, past the minutes and I can't renew my minutes by phone and I can't leave to go do it in person. And my phone wasn't working anywhere in there. I tried her phone. It wasn't working anywhere nearby where I could try to get reception. Um, so I had to miss some of the performances and everything, unfortunately. But, like, dang, you know, it's like. You know, it happens sometimes, like, in concerts and stuff, so you get disconnected from your friends, and then you can't, like, text because nobody's phones work, and it's like, their phones do work. It happens in movie theaters sometimes, too. You're trying to text somebody, like, hey, I'm already inside the theater, but your phone won't work, you know, little things. These are, like, little bitty things. They're not even things that are, like, a big deal, because there's a solution to all of them. You can go outside. You can leave. You can go, you know, there's a solution. Um, but could we reverse? I don't think we could reverse at this point. Maybe with warning. I think with warning, we could reverse and go back to paper-based systems and things. But work, jobs, 
payroll, efficiency, communication, it would all be affected. So I don't know. I think we've kind of reached that point of technological singularity. We're in the singularity. I do think I might agree with that. Um, we could we could go back, but it, it it would be a challenge. And I could we go back and actually like thrive? You know, because we're already in a struggle right now. But could we go back to like paper based systems? Okay, okay. So maybe cultures who do this. I only know of one culture, the Amish culture, that has maybe a hybrid version of this, where they have like paper book keep keeping and like, um, you know, like say if they have like catalogs of their inventory and stuff, and they have a paper system. I've studied a little bit about the Amish culture as far as like their business models and stuff I really like it because a lot of it's very like okay they grow stuff or they build stuff or they make stuff and they still sell it but it's like well if they don't like some people might use computers some it's it, it varies it varies from group to group there's so many different groups and so many different rules that they go by and some groups use hand tools only some groups use tools that are power tools some groups use wireless power tools some groups you know they have like some manual heating system inside their like some kerosene thing i don't even know what they're called but some kind of heating system inside their little store and some kind of like maybe solar power for like lighting they get around like the the rules of their you know to be able to like i'm not saying they're doing anything wrong i'm not making a moral judgment on them i'm just saying like they can still follow their religion's rules and that group that they're a part of their specific rules and not break the rules but still run a business is what i'm trying to say still be profitable and they buy they can resell stuff they have like those dent dent like uh discounted like dented goods kind of stores like cans boxes that are like they're still good they're still good quality the food's not damaged everything's fine it might not it might even be name brand foods and stuff or homemade goods and stuff and everything's discounted or like homemade stuff um necessities like boots and socks and you know stuff that people need beanies gloves like important stuff like work gear dishes pots pans you know stuff that people need that they're gonna need around their house that they're not gonna make like i mean the amish make their clothing for the most part but they don't make shoes like they, they might have cobblers but i don't know if they do uh they might some might but i think they can still buy shoes from like walmart and like work gloves they don't like knit like the work gloves and stuff and like they have these hats that i think the hats are usually homemade but they can like make them and sell them to the people in the community based on like what width of the brim is like proper for their community because there's all these different rules about the lengths and colors and materials but 
don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, because a lot of them didn't go back. They didn't go back, back in time to learn a business model. Um, to learn how to, like, do it that way. They just kind of stayed that way. And they still have, like, advanced a little bit technologically, somewhat. Just not as fast as, like, mainstream America. So it is possible. You know, if they can do it, you could kind of model after the systems that they have. But how would that be for certain things from China? How do you... How do you resell? How do you how do you buy at how do you hire cheaper labor to make cheaper goods to buy those goods and resell them at a at a profitable price? After all the shipping and payments and all that, how do you do that? Without a computer system, that would really be I think that that part, you know, would really have to change in the U.S. People would maybe have to go back to making their own stuff. Um, that would probably affect prices because now, and, you know, availability, because now you have to wait for people to make everything. Um, things would be back-ordered. We saw that with RVs during the, during the Rona. Um, I don't know how accurate this is, but I follow this uh, guy, Amish Potato. He's, he mentioned that um, what was his name? He mentioned that in Indiana, I guess that's the the capital of where like RVs are kind of like made, at least in the US, I guess. I don't really know. But there was like a back, a backup, a back, uh, back order, because people were buying them at such high rates, um, maybe to live out of and like go on camping trips and stuff because they were like stuck indoors and, you know, the housing market was changing and like people were having more and more need for RVs, and most of the people making them, you know, they're putting them together by hand, and you know, with tools and stuff, and it mostly comes out of Amish country, out of Amish factories, I, I've, now, this is what he said, and I'm not, I've never confirmed that, but it sounds like it could be true, like, there are a lot of RV factories in Indiana, and I don't know of any, I don't know of, like, a lot of them, or any of them, um, I mean, I see, I, I think I've seen businesses where they sell RVs. I think I have. Not a lot. Like, not a lot in LA. I've, I don't think I've... I've seen... There's tons and tons of car dealerships out here. I don't know if I've ever seen, like, RV lots, like, where people aren't living in them. I've, I've seen people living there, but I don't... I mean, they're... I don't know. But that wasn't even that long ago. And so, I mean, I'm not trying to, like, incite fear in people like i just kind of want to open a conversation about like how is technology affecting us 
you know, I think it's good to always have backup. Always have backup cash. Because if things go down for even like a day or two, you don't want to be in a situation where you can't buy anything. Always have something that's worth money. You know, that you can sell to other people. Um, Being able to grow things. A very important skill. You know, being able to make certain things. Important skill. Um, I don't think we can tell for sure in the future if we're going to need it. Because um, even going without internet for like a day unplanned, I think there might be a lot of chaos. Um, I mean, I've even seen in certain places where people don't have electricity for a while and it's cold and snowing and they need heat or people get snowed in or when it floods places these are just natural like reasons based on nature that a lot of people are aware of in those environments and they kind of have a method of planning planning around it you know having emergency supplies and stuff is just smart. Like last winter in California, we saw a lot of issues with the snow that we don't know what, you know, we're not prepared. (laughs) We're not prepared to like not be able to leave the mountains for days at a time and like shovel out your car and not be able to go on trips in the mountains because roads are closed and you can't live here you can't come up here kind of thing because of the danger of it and we're just not we're not used to that and so i'm noticing little by little there have become little issues they're they're like little ones that are temporary but i think it's gotten to a point where it's enough to be like okay it's time to start planning like at least have something in the works so that you could you know, start with like a couple days, two, three days, you'll be okay. A week, you'll be okay. Two weeks, you'll be okay. Like, what do they tell you? Like, have three months of rent aside, you know, in case you have some urgent situation where you need to like make a major change or like your job lets you go. I mean, most people don't do that. No, most people don't even have one month set aside. You know, we're not used to preparing. You know, but, you know, I've seen, I've seen enough little things here and there that are like, you know, when I talk with my friends and it's not like a paranoia thing and we're kind of joking about like conspiracies and like, yeah, it's kind of lighthearted, but, you know, I think it's good to have a little bit of backup, at least a little bit to feel secure little bit of money at least you know a little bit extra gasoline a little bit extra food water think about the basic stuff you need a little bit of juice for your like electronics like some kind of backup batteries some kind of generator um you've got like a little backup generator but i don't think it lasts like that long um just a little bit like a little bit goes a long way you know even if you can't do the three months or the 
Dave Ramsey save a thousand dollars for your for some kind of urgent fund or like something like that if even if you can't do the full thing do something something have a little bit of something you know I'm not like a doomsday person but it's just I've seen more and more that like and I live in LA I'm not like living like in the middle of nowhere you know and I feel like it's almost getting more and more predictable for people who live in the middle of nowhere and less and less predictable for us city dwellers you know maybe that's what it is because in the city you rely on things working you know i i rely on stores being open you know because we can't sustain ourselves like we grow veggies and stuff but I don't know how long it would realistically last us if we couldn't go shopping. We don't have people who hunt or fish. Like, maybe you could fish off the pier. I don't know. Those fish are probably polluted. You could probably hunt birds, seagulls, pelicans. (laughs) I don't know. That sounds disgusting. Raccoons, possums. We could eat that kind of stuff. (laughs) Probably get sick eating it. They eat city trash. Um, we don't even really live in an environment where you can really sustain yourself like seriously we still need at least a little bit of something like we don't have enough people hunting and fishing around us where we could even buy meat off of local people um we could probably get by for like a couple months maybe maybe more if we started growing things that would grow very very swiftly and we do have extra and if we could barter and exchange and if we did have cash and everything wasn't marked up completely we could probably make it work and you know we'd have to have better security it would just be a mess i could see how it would be a mess but the reason why i'm talking at extremes is because i feel like The way to cope is to have a little bit, to feel secure a little bit, just even a little bit. Know that you can find a way to sustain yourself. Think it through. Plan it out and go from there. Um, I mean, that's one good method. That's one good method, I would say. Um... Because if anything happens that changes more than just temporarily or more than something that's announced and planned for, you know, we can't reverse very quickly. You know, even if it's just sustaining yourself and your family, it's like, how are you even going to work? Would work even become obsolete? Your work could change in an instance, depending what you're doing. You know, if you're mall security, I mean, who's what's your job, you know, if there's no more mall? If people loot the mall and steal everything or they shut down the mall because there's no electricity or no internet and people eventually run out of cash and can't buy anything and then they can't pay the staff and they stop coming in. I mean, what are you securing? And who's paying you, you know? 
And if you're not getting a paycheck, you're not getting money. You know, we use money. You know. Um, it's, it's, I feel like we do often spend a lot of time thinking about AI and the future and, you know, the forward direction of technology. But I think it's, it's good to not lose sight of, you know, um, the reverse you know, in the old school methods, because you might need them, even if it's for like a day or, or so, it's very likely, you know, you don't want to be in a position where you lose money just because of some, you know, your city has an issue for a week or your neighborhood or something. I think we've all had it where it's like, either the plumbing is out for like a day or half a day or two days or the electricity is kind of like getting repaired in your city, in your area. We've all had at least those. And we know how inconvenient that is. And we know it's just, oh, it's just my block. It's just my area. And so. And that's controlled, right? It's like there's people working on it. So, you know, I, I think it's wise to be prepared a little bit more something unplanned something unannounced I'm not saying like things are gonna go back to like before we had any kind of technology and stuff but any kind of like modern technology because I guess there's always some kind of technology right like at one point like a catapult was technology bows and arrows I mean as ancient as they are they are some pretty interesting technology. Ancient technology is still, you know, there's a lot of it that we don't even understand. Like the pyramids, how long have they been there? People can't figure that out. You know, Stonehenge, there's all these different sites that, you know, have some form of technological knowledge or advanced knowledge that we don't really currently know. And... So, you know, I'm a big believer that moving forward isn't always the only answer. I talk about this with friends, you know. Um, not only is moving forward not always the best. Like, think about cars. We're moving forward with cars. You know, it's one thing to run out of gas. You know, it's one thing to blow a tire, but having a computer glitch, somebody told me about a car, I don't know which one it is, but a car of someone that they know that if they don't update it, they can't drive it. Like, you know how long I wait to update Windows? You know, you know how much I hate updating my phone? You know, like, I'm not the kind of person to need to have a car that needs to be updated. I would probably miss work. If I had to go work, drive there, I'd be like, oh, shoot, I forgot to update my car over the weekend. And, uh, you know, I can't drive, <laughs> you know, it's like, it won't let you drive it. Like, what the heck? I didn't even know that was a thing. But I don't know. 
I mean, I think the best way to cope with things is just kind of think, think forward, think it backward. You know, not always just think forward, think forward. Think about, oh, I want the newest technology, the newest advancements. Think about the cost that that has to you. Electric cars, they're great for the environment, kind of, kind of. Everything's kind of great because computers is questionable if computer technology is great for the environment because you have to get all of those resources for the components from somewhere there is a lot of you know i want to look into this because i don't know the details but there's a lot of There are a lot of places in the world where they're saying, hey, you know, you guys are overextending our resources and displacing people with because you need all these resources for technology, the Congo, different places in the world where they're not, you know, oil rigs are being put up in it and it's destroying fishing villages. It destroys their whole ancient economy and they can't even do anything but try to figure out a new method. You know, and so it can happen to any of us. You know, your way of life gets taken away by some new technology. You know, just because it's new doesn't mean it's always good. And I'm playing with ideas here. You know, this isn't even like a like a very educational thing. It's not supposed to be doom and gloom, but for people who like to think about this kind of stuff, I like to think about it. Some people hate it. They're just like, I don't even want to think about it. I just want to go on about my day, and that's fine. You know? Um, but me and my friend Boobs, you know, we love talking about these types of topics. We love it. It's fun for us. And we kind of play through scenarios. And... Like, just the other day, I had the weirdest experience while I was on the phone with a friend. And this dude walks up my driveway. Like, it wasn't even night yet. It was, like, almost 5 p.m.-ish. So it was still light out. It was still daylight out. And I'm sitting in the car, talking on the phone. And this guy walks. I'm looking at him in the mirror. He walks straight up the driveway on the side of the... Not even up the middle of the driveway up the side of the driveway my driver's side of the car was close to the neighbor's fence so there was like max like two foot of distance between the fence and and the driver's side of of my car i'm parked sitting there just chatting on the phone getting some fresh air sitting outside in the car and this dude just comes There's people walking around in the neighborhood. This guy comes, turns up the driveway and just walks like almost as if he knows where he's going. And I'm, I'm watching people like I'm already looking in the mirror, just watching people kind of walking by, taking their evening walks. It's not night yet. I can see the people. I saw him and he walks straight up the driveway. Maybe to like the back of the, of the car. It's an SUV. And I saw him, and I'm sitting in there with the with the door closed, talking on the phone to my friend. Like, what's going on? And I, I'm looking in the mirror at this guy. He doesn't look threatening or anything, but I'm like, this is odd. Because, you know, I, I, I give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, he didn't look disheveled. He didn't look lost. 
He actually looked confident, like he knew what he was doing. Walks up the driveway and just kind of stands near the back of the car. Doesn't look like threatening or anything. Doesn't look confused. Doesn't look. He might have been on something. Might have been on something. Doesn't look like he is. Like there was nothing like clear. That, you know, and he's there for like a strange amount of time. Where like he didn't just turn around and look and walk away. I'm looking at him in the mirror, and you know I kind of open the door a little bit, look kind of back along the back of the driver's side of the car. And I'm like, I don't know if I said, hey, what's up? Or can I help you? Or Because he wasn't talking. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm just talking. I'm like, oh, good friend. And I'm just thinking, eh, this guy's going to ask for the time or ask for a light or like, who knows why? Like, because we have Uber deliveries and like, you know, Grubhub deliveries and stuff like that coming up our driveway all the time. But they come up the middle towards the door. They don't come up the side of your car, you know, that's like up against a gate. It's like the only thing over on that side is like the door to our backyard. So I'm like, maybe he's coming to use the hose. But he also stopped. And when I addressed him, he didn't talk. And I'm just kind of like, okay, this is odd. So I, I'm still on the phone with my friend. I shut the door of the car. And I tell my friend that's weird. He didn't even respond. And I'm just talking to my friend about this guy, like, the driveway. Like, he's still there. So the whole the whole interaction maybe lasted. It's hard to estimate. Maybe Maybe one to two minutes tops. Because he was standing there at least a few seconds before I realized he's not talking. So let me ask him what's up. Ask him what's up. He doesn't say anything. I shut the door and he's still standing there. I don't know what he wants. I don't know why he's there. I don't know if he even knows why he's there. He just walks back down the driveway and goes on about his wherever he was going. He didn't seem to have any tools on him, no bags, no nothing. He was wearing a long hair, wearing a white sweater, sorry, a blue sweater with like gray shorts. I don't know what kind of shoes he was wearing. He didn't look disheveled. He wasn't old. He wasn't crippled. He wasn't injured. He didn't seem, he seemed a little, just the odd part was just because he wasn't speaking. That was the odd part. And that he just kind of made a beeline right to the through to the driveway. And I wonder if it would have been different if he didn't see me there. It wasn't super cold out, so I can't assume that he was just trying to like find a little place to huddle up and get warm. Best case scenario, I think maybe he was just gonna use the hose real quick. He looked like he'd been there before, like the way he just turned up the driveway. He looked like he'd been there before. That's why it was weird to me, because I was like, I'm trying to think, like, do I know him? Does he know somebody I know? Like, does he, is he local and just knows I sit outside a lot and just is going to ask me something specific? But nothing verbal from him. And, you know, he didn't confront me. He wasn't threatening me. He wasn't making any kind of threatening gesture. But... I don't know if he was 
trying to make some kind of I don't know what I don't know. I just think he was having a weird weird moment. Maybe he was on something. I don't know. Or maybe he was trying to steal something or rob us. I don't really know. It's not very clear to me. But he seemed like he knew where he was trying to go. That was the part that made it so odd was like he wasn't looking around. He looked just like any other person who was walking on the sidewalk. But he just came up to the driveway. But not the middle of the driveway. The side of the driveway that was like right by the fence. So it's things like that that I'm like, okay, maybe we need more security. Maybe we need cameras. Maybe we need, you know, logical, just logical things. You know, people are getting a little weirder, a little out of hand. Nothing happened, but it's weird because I witnessed it and it was daylight still. It wasn't like it was night where it's like you can't see the person. It was still day and I could see the guy. (laughs) And, you know, just weird. He didn't look very old. He looked like max i give him like 35 he seemed kind of in shape um i didn't feel threatened because i was sitting in the car with my keys you know so i could have driven off or whatever i keep the machete in the back of the car (laughs) if if it gets to that point but you know i was sitting on my own property so it's like i don't even know what to say but weird 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 um just things like that you know weird little community interactions with people just super strange little stuff like that gas stations atms you know the weird stuff where the electricity they turn it off sometimes and they tell us they're gonna do it um just a lot of weird little things that are a little bit like I don't know like it wasn't always like this like I even mentioned with like the amount of sirens that I hear like I was even questioning once did they like change the route or like or something or build like a new station right near us or something because I grew up in this area and I you know I'm almost surprised when I can like record a couple podcast episodes and none of them have sirens in the background you know Um, I don't know like I don't know what do you guys think I would say we're probably in the singularity it would be possible to reverse a little bit but it would be a challenge um there might be some risk involved who knows to what extent you know our country could manage it i mean i think other places could manage it because they're not so reliant on technology or if you didn't live in like if you were more sustainable and you weren't like in a major city you would probably be better off if you have like a farm you know or just land where you have the ability to grow stuff and like 
get animals and stuff. Um, I mean, it's still not easy because, like, farming and gardening and all that, homesteading, you, you still have to rely on, like, the weather and security and, you know, it would just be such a big change. Um, and how does AI play a role, you know? Like, what I was trying to get into talking about was these cars, you know, electric cars. Like I said, like, people like the certain sustainability issue, uh, the advancement with the, uh, you know, gasoline and, you know, gas cars, you know, they do pollute. So I don't think electric and eco-friendly, like, automobiles and transportation i don't think they pollute as much but they do strip resources from certain communities and certain tribes certain indigenous groups um and it changes their lifestyle i don't feel like they're getting support um so that's the there's a it comes at a price you know it comes at a price that people are being displaced because of technology as well. Um, I do think it's a big deal. It's one of those things that's kind of easy to just put it in the back of the mind and be like, who needs to think about this? Kind of the same thing about the near slave labor of the Chinese who make our stuff living in these dormitory environments some places at these factories and working crazy hours for barely any money and not even really making a livable wage and almost being like indentured indentured servitude kind of environment like a I don't want to call it like slave labor because I think they do get paid but I don't know if it's a livable wage I don't know what they get paid it doesn't sound sustainable if you have to live in a, in a dorm just to work. Um, I don't know what part of that society is working there. But they're doing it because of supply and demand. We have the demand, they make the supply. And the people running those companies... Um, whether they're Chinese or whoever they are, they must be profiting off of it. Um, I don't know how good the workers are being treated or paid. I'm going to guess not good. Um, but yeah, when people are drop shipping and all that, AliExpress, Alibaba, all those companies, they also drop ship. So, I mean, I'm not trying to be a bummer. I'm just saying, like, it's the reality of it, you know. Um, there's still a lot of flaws in the economy. Uh, technological advances aren't always the ultimate sustainable option. They don't help every group of people. It helps some groups of people, and other groups suffer. So, I don't know.
ultimately it could be better. I guess the question is how. I think we need more innovation in those areas um, to consider kind of longer term effects and different different ethnic and cultural and social groups that are being impacted by things too. I think a lot of time it's easy to think about the environment, but you know, the people get kind of lost in the shuffle of it all. And the people get affected negatively too. You know, there's some um, information about 5G, is it even healthy? All these different radio waves and other kind of wave wavelengths that were around. Is it healthy for, for us to be around all that? How does it correlate with sickness, with illness? I mean, these aren't like common topics where you can just get easy answers. Um, and it, honestly, it's, it's easier just to ignore it. It's easier to ignore it. You know? And just be like, whatever. You know? It's uncomfortable to think about, so I'm going to just ignore it. But the reason why I'm mentioning it is because things don't stay the same. You know, if you start seeing little signs of things, it can become bigger. You gotta have a game plan. You know, a game plan for everything. You know, AI sounds amazing. How is it gonna affect your job? Is it gonna make it better or worse? It might make it better or worse. It just depends. Maybe you're working for a company and it gets put out of business because of some AI situation, but maybe you can capitalize on it and start your own business because of it. Who knows? You know, it's not all bad. You, you know, we have to adapt these days. Adapt. Sink or swim, adapt. You know, I don't think the singularity is um, a futuristic thing. It seems like we're kind of there. You know, it's not completely not irreversible. I don't think I don't think most people want to reverse it. You know, I know I think I don't want to say I know, but I do think that a lot of people, some people, some of their anxiety is due to the scrolling, the instant gratification, the dopamine overload. You know, you can get addicted to these devices because of those quick dopamine hits. You know, I mean, TikTok, Instagram, they don't care, you know, about your dopamine, you know, they don't care about that. You know, they're not going to try to adjust and be like, oh, you can only spend 20 minutes online before it times you out and you got to wait four hours. No, like it's, it's not like that they give you you know free power to use things for free even if you know it's 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 up to us to control ourselves you know we have to control our own you know content consumption as i say to her podcasting and people listen to the podcast we have to control our own 
consumption of things, you know? I mean, that's how we cope, you know? We learn what's actually going on in the world. We see it, we view it, we observe it, and we make decisions. We plan in advance, not out of like a scared, fearful thing, but we we plan, you know? It's just smart to plan. Everybody knows you should have savings. Everybody knows you should have emergency supplies. These aren't like new ideas. I didn't make it up. You know, everybody would say it's a better idea to have a little backup. It's a better idea to have security for your house, your car. People's cars are getting broken into left and right over here. You know, you know, other than doing deliveries, you know, I try not to leave stuff in the car because I'm like, if I have a backpack or a gym bag and even if nothing's really in it, people breaking in don't know that. They assume, oh, look, it's a laptop backpack. There might be something in it. It's like, yeah, it's my rollerblades. <laughs> you know, like, you really want them? I already tried to sell them. They're not worth anything. Um, <laughs> You can have them if you want. They're uncomfortable. Um, if I have my gym bag, like, what do you want? My, like, sweaty clothes? Like, the gym bag itself, it, I don't know, is made out of, like, Korea or China. It's it's a cheap, cheap bag off Amazon. Um, I don't even know the brand. It's not, like, a Nike or anything. It's some thing. I don't even know. I mean, it functions. I, like the pockets and compartments and stuff and it's you know nice but you know it just serves a purpose it, it keeps my stuff organized to and from the gym there's nothing of value in there the most valuable thing in there is probably my combination lock that i use at the gym I have a towel maybe extra socks maybe a change of clothes maybe depends Maybe a couple water bottles. It, that's like, when it's full, that's probably what's in it. Not a lot. It's not that interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think it's good to study. Just study. Think, study, plan. You'll be you'll be okay. You know, learn about AI, learn about the costs, the benefits of it. Kind of think, brainstorm. Because when I see some things, I'm like, okay, I see how that is good, how it could help me, how it could help my projects and and things. And then I see, ooh, these other people's jobs might be at risk because of this. Maybe, if they don't adapt, there might. There might always be a method to adapt, but things might not be able to stay comfortably similar to how they are all the time. And we're kind of reaching that point where a lot is changing very fast. Um, but it's not all bad. I just think we have to be willing to prepare, willing to adapt, willing to think on the fly, act on the fly, and have those backups. You know, if you don't have a thousand dollar 
emergency fund as much as people want to say oh the dave ramsey method it's outdated that's too little money agreed agreed a thousand dollars isn't going to get you that far but if you don't even have an extra thousand dollars i mean you're better off to have the extra thousand dollars than to not have it right it's like even if it's not going to get you that far why have zero dollars saved when you can have a thousand you know why have you know even three months even saving for three months you might not get a job that's going to sustain you in in three months if you get laid off now and you do have three months put back for everything food shelter transportation maybe even a little bit of fun if you know if you're not you know realistically having to buckle down hardcore and not have any fun that is draining on the spirit it's hard it makes it even harder than it needs than it then then you know it makes it hard to cope when something urgent does happen when you also can't have any fun in the process and have like leisure and relaxation while you're trying to recover and find new work and stuff so it would be ideal to have more than three months but you know if you don't even have three months you know it's these types of things that keep people worried where it's like all this advancement is too much it's like you gotta have a backup plan you gotta have backup funds even backup methods to accessing your funds it can't all be electronic you know you can't keep it all in your retirement or 401k or whatever like people lost their pensions in the past people lost their 401ks in the past it's not the most secure now will it happen again i don't know like i don't know but it has happened in the past within my lifetime where people lost that saved money i don't think i don't think crypto was kind of a thing back in 08 I don't remember. I heard about it maybe a decade ago from a coworker that I was just like, the only thing that really came to my mind was, oh, I didn't know he was into like technological things. I couldn't even understand what he was saying. It was just like, that's the only thing that I thought was like, wow, this sounds really techy and really cool. I'll look into it. But I didn't know he was into like technological, like techy kind of stuff it sounded really futuristic and i never heard of anything like it before i didn't even have anything to compare it to so i was like i really didn't know what he was talking about about the blockchain and currency and like he bought in early early he was the first person i knew who had it who even was talking about it i don't even know there were apps back then i don't even remember like he was telling me about it and i asked him a couple times about it over lunch and one day he told me about crypto one time he told me about bitcoin one time he told me about ethereum and the blockchain and i don't remember when i actually started looking into it but 
people say it's a good idea to have um, some of your money stored or invested in crypto. When the stock market crashes, it's not stable either. We've seen a lot of manipulation, even like the memes, how they manipulate in banks and different different things manipulate the market. We've seen Elon Musk be able to manipulate the market. Um, pump and dump schemes and all kinds of stuff. Ponzi schemes, all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of weird schemes. I'm not saying that that invalidates uh, crypto. I'm just saying, like, the market in general, it's a new addition to the market. I didn't think much of it until I started seeing major corporations like Visa and MasterCard and all these places start having an interest. I'm like, if they have an interest, something's up. Like, major big banking and all that, they, I don't know, they don't fool around. And the SEC's involvement and them trying to, like, regulate things. I mean, even crypto's changing. You know, I'm not even, like, up to date. Like, I can't follow everything as fast as it's changing. Um, you know, I got a new card it's a metal i don't even know how it works it's a metal credit building card that you attach to your bank and as you use i think you can use the card you can deposit money from your bank to the card and it mines crypto i've had games where you mine crypto but this is another useful debit card that mines crypto i'll record more about it when i actually <laughs> understand and have used it um It's not like it mines like crypto to a point where you're like, oh, it's got so much crypto. Like, it's not like that. Um, but it's innovative. Like, people are trying to find uses for things. And, you know, I don't want to get left behind, but I also don't want to be living in fear and anxiety. And I also don't want this stuff to affect my mental health on the day to day. I need my life to stay balanced. So I can stay healthy. And then I also, you know, don't want to go off some deep end. You know, I want to, I want a, a good balance of being able to pull back and keep things a little old school and move forward and jump into innovations. Problem solve, plan, strategize. And be able to sleep at night, sleep on time sleep early, not let one more video, one more movie, one more thing, you know, affect my sleep, scrolling to affect my sleep. If I wake up in the middle of the night and I start scrolling and now I'm getting all these dopamine hits and I'm all hyped up, you know, 
mean, I've already got insomnia as it is. I don't need help from my cell phone. You know, but it's little things like that that it's like, it's up to me to be careful. I'm the one who has to control what I'm doing. You know, my parents can't do it. My friends can't text to remind me, hey, it's 9.30 p.m., get off your phone. <laughs> you know, you don't need to be on your phone. You know, get off your phone. Um, yeah. Interesting times. Um, so all these pockets of areas that I'm talking about, I'm going to be recording on more. Probably going to be blogging about them more. I've been neglecting this blog like crazy. I've had a lot to do. A whole lot that I've been working on. And, you know, I do want to be creative in those areas. I might be recording one long form uh, piece of content a week or so. I, I, I really don't have a schedule yet, but I'm trying to do maybe one a week-ish. If I have a topic, if I don't have a topic, I don't want to just ramble. This is more of a freestyle topic because it's something that's of interest to me. As of this weekend, I'm kind of like reflecting on things. It started Thursday, actually. I started, well, it started last um, Friday. It started last Friday, but I kind of put it down, went back into some old school, like ancient readings and some ancient you know, writings, like, literally ancient from, like, <laughs> before the typewriter, even, <laughs> um, like, thousands and thousands of years ago types of writings that I went back into reading, you know, and it kind of got me thinking, you know, about what they were focused on back there and kind of what we're focused on right here. There's a lot of overlap, a whole lot of overlap. Um, and I was kind of comparing and contrasting, like, differences of, like, the ancient, different ancient worlds, like, um, say, for example, in the movie Gladiator, really long time ago, um, you know, Moses, you know, the ancient, like, Moabite groups, you know, ancient Ethiopians and Egyptians, like, they still had technology and all kinds of, like, innovations. But what were, what was their day-to-day -day like? How do we compare, you know? Um, how, were their, how were they benefiting where we're not benefiting? How are we benefiting where they weren't benefiting? Um, what's the advantages now versus then? Or vice versa. I guess that's the same thing, huh? The advantages now versus then. Like comparing advantages. Comparing disadvantages. Costs and benefits. You know, I took a step way back in time, you know. In my, in my mind of what I was consuming. I was like, let me consume some of these ancient topics. You know, take it back to, like, when people were just talking about, you know, monetary systems. And what's it like if you borrow something and you damage it? What's the rule? How do we, how do we address this in our society? 
if somebody injures a slave how do we like we don't even have slaves in our in the u.s anymore thank god but if somebody you know like what were the rules when people did have slaves in certain i mean i guess in some societies there are still slaves but and i do question if we contribute to like a modern form of slavery with our economic system i do question that because i do think it exists i do think there are other forms of slavery that capitalism creates it, it is my opinion maybe a controversial one but when i see how some people live in china that are making the stuff that i buy over here it bothers me i'm bothered by it you know i'm bothered by it they choose those jobs i don't think they're being like captured and forced to work in the factories um there's some theory that i don't i can't confirm about like our north koreans being snuck in and forced to perform a lot of labor in countries like china and russia i don't know i mean that is even worse to think we saw what happened with the past world cup where all these people were hired from all these other countries to work and the conditions were bad for a lot of them a lot of them were getting paid a lot of them had health problems because of it they weren't living in nice conditions i would call that some kind of slavery some kind of manipulation and it kind of came and went i don't know if anyone's looking into those stories but i i think about things i'm like that's not right it's not right it's not good it's not okay you know i don't harp on it all day but i'm aware i try to be somewhat aware that like okay not everything has a positive side to it and what am i willing to just overlook there's a lot of stuff that i'm like okay i maybe won't buy this i don't buy from these companies but i don't do that for every company i don't stop driving my car because i need gas and i have a problem with how some of the gasoline gets to me i don't stop buying everything i don't stop using tiktok i don't stop using certain things i don't stop fully you know but everyone can make their own decision you know everyone can make their own decision um i'm not here to like guilt trip people i'm just saying this is the kind of stuff that i sit and i think about not just the negative stuff i think about the positive stuff too you know how easy it is for healthcare. i have a doctor's appointment i don't even have to remember it because they're going to remind me more than once you know a week before the day before the day of like you know I have a pretty good doctor's office. I had an eye exam the other day. They didn't have to poke something in my eye. They didn't have to puff air in my eye. They've updated some of the things that, you know, made me kind of, it, it was kind of an aversion toward even like the checkups because I'm like, this sucks. I hate these stupid little things. You know, it's annoying when people puff air in your eye or they're like, open your eye and this thing is going to touch your eyeball and like, don't blink and i'm like dude it's touching my eye like read the screen while it touches your eye i'm like dude what is this now they can just take pictures 
You know, they use these lights and they take pictures. You know, a lot more comfortable. Nothing's touching me. I think the most of what they, what they touched was they had like a little wooden stick thing to kind of pull my eyelid down a little bit or up a little bit when they were like looking with the camera. That's the most they did. And before it used to be like, oh man, like I hate, I hate going to the eye doctor. I hate getting eye exams. But now it's like they don't even really touch you at all. So it's better. That kind of stuff is better. To me, I'm like, this is better. I like it more. You know, I get all like flinchy if I think something's going to happen. You know, I've only got two eyes and I need them both. <laughs> you know. But, you know, I think I've talked long enough on this. I kind of wanted to have a more interesting topic, more of a brainstorming topic. And we'll go from here. Uh, I don't want to make it too much longer, but I figure a lot of people have a three-day weekend. You might have more time to listen this one. Um... With that, thanks for listening.